Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. My name is Adam. It's my privilege to bring the word this morning to you. I'm going to be speaking for the next three and a half hours, so get comfortable. <laughs> I've got a couple of minutes with you guys, I've got about 15 minutes with you, and I just want to bring um, something from my heart that's been challenging me over the last few weeks, um, and just bring it to you, and hopefully this morning just impart something, and, and hopefully you get something from what I've got. So this is a message really to myself, but hopefully that you get something. And over the last couple of months in church, it's been really powerful, it's been a, an amazing couple of months. First of all, we did, I love my Bible. Um, which reminds me of Jesus' revolution. I love my church. <laughs> it is my family. I lo- but yeah, I love my Bible. So we did a, a three-week series on just what the Bible is, what it means, can we trust it, is it true? And, and the a team just did an amazing job of that. And then straight off the back of that, we've done um, Ephesians, the whole book. So we've done chapter one, two, three, four. This is week five, okay? So I'm not going to give you a massive um, theological throwdown. I'm not going to go through the whole book, scripture by scripture, haven't got time. Um, but what I want you guys to do is obviously go back and watch the previous ones if this is your first time, because then it will make more sense. And hopefully what I unpack will make more sense if you've listened to the rest. If this is your first time in church, welcome. Get comfortable. Are you ready to dive in? Yes. yes. All right. So Ephesians 5. Let me just give you, though, although I've just said that I'm not going to give you a theological throwdown or anything, let me just give you a really brief, and when I say brief, I mean a couple of sentences brief, of the background and what was going on in Ephesus at the time of this writing, because I think the three scriptures that I'm trying to pull out and unpack will make more sense if you understand what was going on in the time, all right? And I'm going to read it, because it's a quote that I need to read to you, that I just think will help us. Um, So here we go, all right? Directly from the theatre, a wide street lined with shops and colonnades led down to the docks into the harbour. The temple cult was not Greek by origin, but was rather the worship of the native fertility goddess, whom the early colonists had identified with Artemis, goddess of the woods and hunting. Enshrined in the temple was a figure of a crowned woman with many... Breasts, don't research her, all right? With many breasts all over, to signify fertility. You have to be 18 and above to go and research this, this god, right? <laughs> In addition to the worship of the traditional deity, Ephesus was renowned for its patronage of occult arts, Ephesian letters of formulations, and magical charms were all famous. Why is that important? It's important, and not only is that important, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. Now, why that's important is because when you understand what was going on in the day, then the letter becomes more relevant to you, and you go, ah, that's why that means that, or that's why he's writing that, or that's why he's challenging us on that particular thing. So at at the moment, everyone that was coming through Ephesus, whether it was for business, whether it was for pleasure, whether it was to come and bring a charm or... um, something of art, like they were just saying, that, that, that darkness that Ephesus was, when they were coming to that, they were coming to give something. But it wasn't from God. So then when we go through the scriptures, you go, ah, oh, that probably makes sense as to why Paul is saying that. So the first half of the letter, one through three, is all like, oh yeah, well done. 
you're doing amazing, you're class, and then as Amy said last week, and then you get to four and five and it's sort of a <laughs> and you go, all right, bro, chill out, all right? So firstly, should we start going into the scriptures? And I know that was brief, I know it was quick, but hopefully this now starts making sense and it will come together at the end, all right? Number one, it will come on the screen behind me, Ephesians 5.10, all right? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. What messed me up when I start reading these sort of things, and, and I don't, just an insight into my mind, carefully, now if you know me, I'm not always that careful as a person. Carefully, why didn't he just say determine? Why didn't he just say work out? Why didn't he just say what does the Lord want? But he says carefully determine. In other words, go and pursue what God wants for you. Go and pursue what God wants for you. Now we all pursue something, don't we? Whether it be football, sport, health, Joy, happiness, money, women, marriage, men. We all pursue something. So what is the first thing when you wake up, your alarm clock goes off, or in my world, it's, Daddy, I need a wee. Um, In that, when you first wake up, what's the first thing you think of? Because normally that will determine where your mind starts. That's the sort of thing that you pursue, whether it's money, whether it's to get out of debt, whether it's to, whatever it be, that's the sort of thing you pursue. What stops us being careful? What stops me being careful? Normally, it's not understanding. It's not having the whole picture. So I start retreating a bit. I go, oh, I don't know if. So I step back a little bit. We think, or classic, that won't happen to me. God couldn't use me. I'm not going to have a good day today. It's going to be carefully determined. And I think this is what Paul is saying. Rather than doing the narrative of the day, Let's go to the fertility God. Let's go to some charm magic. What he's saying is, rather than doing that stuff that won't work, why don't you carefully determine, wake up in the morning, get down on your knees, Lord, what is it today? What is it today you want for me? What is it that you've brought me to this world for this time, for today? What is it you want from me today? Now, I'm not saying that every single day, something absolutely nuts is going to happen. But what a, what a world would we live in if we did that as Christians, as believers? Every, imagine if we just did it on a Sunday. We woke up in the morning. Lord, what's going to happen at church today? Who can I prophesy over today? Who can I speak to words of encouragement today? How encouraging has baptism's been? Yeah. Imagine if that was our every Sunday of, ah, oh, what can I bring today? What can I give today? How can I be... Um, someone of worth today in your church. Imagine where the church, imagine what could happen if we did that. Can we do that? Number two. Ephesians 5.15. Make the most of every opportunity. Ephesians 5.14, which I didn't give the team. Wake up, O sleeper, arise my soul. I love these two scriptures. It's sort of like, a, you know when I was saying earlier, it's like a bang. It's like, oh, like that sort of thing. It's like, a, can you live a little bit? Do you know how hard it is to stay not smiling at someone that's smiling? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever 
Experience that when you're talking to someone on the stage or on stage, behind an encounter, you're buying something from Tesco. If they're like this, I know it's weird, but if they are, you smile, you just you can't help it. I want that, in, that like contagious stuff about church where people can't not come because it's exciting and we're all happy and something's going to happen and it probably will, so we come. Amen? Arise, O sleeper, wake my soul. Make the most of every opportunity. Steph does that every single evening she gets into the bed. She makes the most of that opportunity to take as much of the bed as humanly possible. And so I'm stuck right on the edge like this. Yeah, I'll try and sleep like that, shall I? This church is not normal. This church is not normal. I have a, a friend called Ross in Bournemouth. And he came down a few weeks ago eight weeks ago or something and I took him over to the kids department he was stood there just like shaking his head like man and then he came into church and did, a, did two services and he was just shaking his head going like man and I showed him the building he was like man I was like what's that and he's like how are you getting those numbers in kids how are you doing it and then a few weeks later I went and saw his church over in Bournemouth and they've got a, they've got like a five-a-side football hall in their building they've got like a Costa coffee shop in their building They've got rooms off it with offices. It's like, it's nuts. They get 35 people on a Sunday. Wow. He's saying, how do you do it? I'm like, this church ain't normal. Yeah. <laughs> this church ain't normal. I just, I get like, I want to take you into a bit of my mind again. It's like, I get like this, this whole thing of like, I can feel like God's up there going, oh, this Sunday, 23rd of July. I've been planning this. There's going to be a preacher on stage. There's going to be someone in the auditorium that I could release their life. I could give them something this morning. I could, there's going to be something and they could walk out a different person. But yet we walk into the building. Oh, Chris is leading worship again. Oh, not that song again. Oh, guest services. Oh, car park team. They've made me park down the pub. And these amazing problems that we're having become this mundane, like, oh, not again. And yet we're coming to the house of God where we can praise and where we can cheer and where we can get released and we make it mundane. Other pastors would die for these amount of numbers in their buildings. Joy and faith, what we've experienced this morning, is not normal. Make the most of every opportunity. It's a big deal that our services are full. Last week, Steph will correct me if I'm wrong, but we had 258 in service two and 160 something in service one. Our capacity is 260. We had 258. It's not normal. We're getting people like bursting at the seat. It's not normal. And yet we can come in and make this normal. Are you getting where I'm going? Yeah. It's a big deal you're in the room right now. It's a big deal that you're in the room. It's a big deal you're in church. It's a big deal that this has happened today. It's a big deal that people have gone through the baptism pool. It's a big deal, and yet we can make it normal. I know when Steph spoke a few weeks ago, she spoke briefly, and the last time I spoke, I did briefly on my testimony. But man, I could have been somewhere else. 
I could have been in rehab quite easily. Most of my weekends were spent snorting or taking some stupid substance. Over a weekend, out, robbing, stealing, burglary. I could have been somewhere so different, but I'm not. But I'm not. I could have been lost somewhere with no hope, no drive, no aspiration. But I'm here. I'm God-breathed. I'm on my way to heaven. Come on, let's stop making this normal. It's not normal. Come on, church. Why don't we thank God that we're married? Why don't we thank God that we've got kids that are sat in the house? Why don't we thank God that he's in the building and wants you and pursues you? Why don't we thank God that it's a, it's a miracle that some people in here aren't dead? It's a miracle in, that some people are, have had their healing. It's an absolute miracle that some people in here are saved and still come to the church. But what can happen is our miracle 10 years ago now becomes mundane because it's become normal. Because it becomes normal. It's not normal. Let's make the most of every opportunity. Has God answered anyone's prayers? Has he saved anyone in here? Have anyone here been forgiven? Does anyone here feel like they're blessed? Come on, somebody. Anyone in here feel like they're blessed? Come on. We don't need a quiet church. This is not normal. I don't want to make it mundane. I don't want to make the Sunday services just a normal thing. I want the Holy Spirit to come in and throw us out the door. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, it's Christ's love that sets the standard. 521. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Love relentlessly, love fiercely, and love always. Why? Because he loved us first. Submission in the New Testament, in the Greek way, was learn to live in wisdom with. Not subordination as in, I am your master, do as I say. It was more, learn to grow in wisdom with. And I love that concept of submission because we read the word and go, oh, it's a bit. But submission was learn and grow with. In light of the cross, submit to one another. Submit to one another. Not subordinate to one another, but submit to one another. Why? Because he first loved me. Because he saved me because I'm in the building, because I've been healed, because I'm now free, because I'm not an addict anymore, because I'm not dead and I should have been, because I could have been in prison for a long time, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but... Amen. Learn to grow in wisdom with and submit to one another. I want to finish with this. If you live like you have carefully determined what pleases the Lord, if you live like you're making the most of every opportunity, and if you live like Christ is setting the standard, the gospel sets the standard, 
for you, then you are living like a New Testament kind of Christian. Amen? And I don't want to speak on all of that without giving people in here the opportunity. I know that was brief. And I hope you got the message this morning. That God wants to do something outrageously good in your life. And he cares about you individually. He cares about us corporately. And I just want to give people in the room an opportunity to say, do you know what? I'm back. I don't want to live a normal life. I'm back. So if that's you, I'm just going to count to three. I want you to slip up your hand. I'll pray and I'll get off the platform. All right? One, two, three. Amen. Heaps of you. Amen. Come on, church, can we pray? Father, today, let this be a new day of salvation. God, we pray that as the words have been spoken, that they will settle on the hearts of people and that, God, that you will touch them in a way that they have never been before. God, in a godly way. And God, we pray that you will release your people. And God, I pray for the church this morning. God, I pray that we have a newfound love and a passion for church, that we don't come in and make stuff mundane, that we don't come in and make it boring. And God, that we will remember our healings. We will remember what you've done in our life. And I pray, Father, that today will be the start of something new. And God, I pray. And church, why don't we clap the people that have put up their hands this morning and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. Love you guys.